Most people celebrate New Year, obviously, on January 1st. And it's proper to do so. But for us as Christians and as Catholics, we begin a new year, a year that begins with Advent. Advent, and then it continues all the way to the last Sunday of, of, of ordinary time, which is Christ the King. That's how we measure time. So our time begins with Advent. And what is Advent? For us as Christians, we know that Jesus already has come 2,000 years ago. And, but we were celebrating liturgically uh, this, not just the, the historical time, but also time that goes beyond history. And that begins in time, a time in God. It is from all eternity God prepared us to receive his son. He prepared him so that he may be one of us. And from all eternity, the Lord prepared this world that we ourselves here and all humanity would live. Because we have to kind of look into history, not only what we see here now, but what was there at the beginning. So what is Advent? Advent prepares us to commemorate again that which God has done for us. He sent his son to be with us. You know, there's a moment in history when the son of God became one of us through incarnation. So Advent is a time when we first anticipate the incarnation, the coming of Christ to be one of us. And then we also live in a time when we're waiting for his second coming. So this is a time in between, between historical coming and his second coming. And right here, right in between this time, what we have is Jesus coming to us in word and in sacraments. So we still have Jesus coming to us through the Eucharist. He comes to us. He wants to be with us. So that's Advent is a time when we wait. First of all, we commemorate what has happened. 2,000 years ago, but also what will happen in the future, we do not, not know when. But in the meantime, we always are welcoming him. The Maranatha, come Lord Jesus, is our prayer as Christians. And Maranatha, come Lord Jesus, come here, come to us, come at this moment, come in this moment in our history, and also come when you will come at the second coming. How do we commemorate, first of all, how do we prepare ourselves for this first coming? And of course, this is where Advent comes, and it helps us to kind of prepare for his coming. You know, the Christmas is commemoration of his historical coming. So how do we prepare? We read primarily from Isaiah, the prophet. And Isaiah is a prophet who, who you know, uh, who began sometimes in 720 or so before Christ, which is a long time before Christ. But as we, as we read today, what does Isaiah see in that prophetic way? What does he see? The historical moment when he wrote was that Assyrians attacked the northern kingdom, which is the kingdom of Israel, as you know, king, the, after Davidic uh, time, after King David and Solomon, 
the subsequent uh, subsequent history of Israel was division into two, two kingdoms, the northern and southern kingdom. Northern kingdom consisted of ten tribes, southern of two. So the northern kingdom was attacked by Assyrians, which is probably more like Kurds today or so, people from that area. And, and so they, they, did, they destroyed the northern kingdom. And it is soon after Isaiah began to write, began to write these prophetic words. And what does he see? He sees the future and he says, a shoot shall sprout from the stump of Jesse. Jesse was the father of David. So what he sees is the shoot shall sprout. There's a stump, which means the trees were cut down. Many of the trees were cut down during the Assyrian attack because they wanted to hold back in the wood, lumber. Um, but he sees, he sees that, you know, the Davidic line will not cease to exist. That Davidic line will continue. And how will it continue? From a stump. No longer from life tree, but from a stump. A shoot sprout, shall sprout from the stump of Jesse. And from his roots, a bud shall blossom. And what type of person would that be? who that person would be, who is that shoot, who, who is that bud, is someone upon, upon whom the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, that he'll be someone extraordinary. God's spirit will be upon him. And when the Holy Spirit comes upon a person, that person is changed. That person is inspired to do extraordinary things with extraordinary abilities. A spirit of wisdom and understanding shall be upon him. So God's spirit of wisdom and understanding, a spirit of counsel and of strength, a spirit of knowledge and of fear of the Lord, and his delight shall be the fear of the Lord. That means he, will, he has great love for God, respect for God. So that someone would be there. Okay, this is, this is Isaiah looking into the future, and he sees that, that person. Then he continues, who this person shall be according to his own understanding, not by appearance shall he judge. As many people look externals only and they make judgment. Now he will um, judge not by appearance, by the depth of each person, not by hearsay shall he decide. Many people, opinions, look what the opinions are, how people make their judgment or even elections by opinions often. You know, we, 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 we make judgment upon that, but it will not be by hearsay. But he shall judge the poor with justice and decide the right for the lands afflicted. So he will truly be a, a, a person who shall judge properly with justice, even the poor who have no means. Remember the, 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 the parable about this poor widow who had nothing, she had no money. She had nothing, and she kept on walking, going to judge. And since she couldn't pay for her services, the judge wouldn't care, whatever. He said, I'm not afraid of God, but I don't want to, you know, he didn't want to listen. So what will happen is that this person will truly judge the poor with true justice, divine justice, and decide a right on the lands afflicted. We know that there's everyone lives in this world because of sin, original sin, and our not listening to God. There's all kinds of injustices, and we know this every place. You know, in the families, the workplace, different injustices in, you know, world around us, we see what's going on around the world. You know, whether in China now or Ukraine, or Syria. 
He shall strike the ruthless with the rod of his mouth, so he will not use sword. But it's by word. And with his breath of his lips, he shall slay the wicked. Look at, look at the, uh, the, uh, the awareness. This is a look at what, the, what, what Isaiah is foreseeing in the future. He's kind of almost defining the role of Jesus. He's the one. He's the messianic figure. And then what will happen, not only justice shall be the band around his waist and faithfulness a belt upon his hips, which means he will be not only just but also faithful. And then when he comes, when he comes, then the world will change. The world will change ultimately, as we know, not only in a historical sense, but, but it will change for all eternity. And he will, he, will, he will change. Then the wolf shall be a guest of the lamb. You know that wolf and lamb are natural enemies for us. But when God comes, when he starts, when you, his kingdom will come, the fullness will come, there will be no natural enemies. There will be, there will be friends. A leopard shall lie with the kid. A calf and a young lion shall rouse together, and a little child will be, will, will be able to guide them. It seems like beyond belief, but yet he sees the cow and bear shall be neighbors. Together the young shall rest. The lion shall eat hay like the ox, and the baby shall play by cobra's den, and the child lay his hand on the adder's lair. We see this almost the impossibility. It's not possible in a human condition, the way we have the sinful human condition. And yet Isaiah sees what the future shall be when the Lord comes, when he brings his kingdom and that fullness of kingdom will be in heaven. Well, all those natural enemies will no longer be there. There'll be a complete harmony, peaceful coexistence. And so you see, and then he says, there shall be no harm or ruin on my holy mountain, which means where the Jerusalem is, there'll be no more ruins, there's going to be no more harm, for the earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the Lord as water covers the sea. That one day, everyone will know the Lord will come. Everyone will understand who God is, his, his revelation, his plans for us, just like water covers the sea, which means that the fullness of knowledge will be given. And that on that day, the root of Jesse, set up as a signal for the nations, the Gentiles shall seek out, for his dwelling shall be glorious. So not only people of God who has received the revelation, but all the Gentiles shall come to know him as well. Okay, so this is the, this is the description. I know that I've I know, taken apart the reading, but is there something that he sees? Where did he come to know this truth? God's revelation. God has revealed to him, because if he was a, you know, you know, a realist, he says, well, this is what it is. That's how life is. You know, you like it or not. But he sees through the eyes of, of God's revealing and, and, and gracious, you know, gifts, you know. So he sees that now, here we come with the gospel. The gospel is, is very sort of interesting from the gospel of St. Luke. And, and remember that when Jesus began his ministry, he quoted Isaiah, the spirit of the Lord is upon me, and, and, and all those things that, that he would wish to do, and this is what the Lord Jesus initiated. And now what the Lord says to his disciples, Jesus rejoiced in the Holy Spirit and said, 
I give you praise. Can you see the Lord Jesus? I give you praise, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, for although you have hidden these things from the wise and learned, you have revealed them to the childlike. Unless you become like a child, you are not able to enter the kingdom of heaven because that means we are to welcome the new, the good news, something extraordinary for us, good news. The good news is that God has entered this world and God will transform this world and God will provide for us so that we may live in paradise. Is it a dream? No, it's the truth. Jesus died for us. He's with us. He speaks the truth and he praises the Father for revealing these things, not to the wise and learned, because they don't, they don't need, they don't want God. They want to come up things on their own. And, and by the way, there's some things we cannot grasp. We can say what this, how this world came into be by, you know, by, by, uh, by scientific theories, how it came big with the Big Bang, however it is. We can come up with things. We see that things are in motion, things regenerate, things also have natural end, transform. We know these things. We can study ourselves. We can study our genome, the, you know, the whole criminal uh, system with chromosomes. And, and so we can see that. We can, we can grasp a lot of things. We know how economy can work and how it can benefit. But there's one thing we cannot grasp unless it's revealed to us from God, is that God has created us out of love and he has created us to share his life. He has pre is preparing us to share his paradise. Okay, this is what God has revealed to us, and that he has loved us so much that even though we became so broken, we could not get out of a trap of sin, that he has sent his son so that he may free us, redeem us. That's what the Lord is saying. So Jesus is the one who says, blessed are you, because you have revealed this to me as to the childlike, to those who are willing to say yes to God, accept his revelation. Yes, Father, such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my father and part of the revelation is that God the father entrusted all things all the judgment to the son to Jesus he will be our judge everything is entrusted to the son of God no one and then Jesus says no one knows the son except the father and who and who the father is except the son and anyone to whom the son wishes to reveal him he has revealed Jesus has revealed to us this, the, the father the father's love the Father who has initiated this whole reality that we know and has sent us his Son. Now, then turning to the disciples in private, he said, blessed are the eyes that see what you see. For I say many prophets and kings desire to see what you see, but did not see it, and to hear what you hear, but did not hear it. And here Jesus refers not only to the people who lived in his own time, but also the prophetic, like Isaiah. They were, were seeing in the, in the light of, of inspiration, in light of faith, but they did not see in reality. And he says, Jesus says to his disciples, but you see the reality. You see me. You see the Father's presence, his, his glory, through my, my manifestation in a human form. I'd like to complete this, this, re, this uh, reflection today by saying, what can we do during this Advent time? Many people during Lent go to daily Mass, 
or you know, or they wish to kind of go and especially do some fasting, which is all appropriate. But during Advent in the early church and all the way even today, Advent was known as a little, little, a little, a little Lent because of, of the people doing much fasting before Christmas. Uh, we had, um, I was, when I was in Washington and with as a student as well as subsequently, we took care of refugees because there's not enough homes. So the Catholic Charities would always ask us whether as a seminary we would welcome refugees, and we did. So there were waves, waves, different refugees, and, and I used to be um, kind of in charge of them, trying to see what we could do in terms of bringing them, settling them, whatever. And, and there's one gentleman who was from Ethiopia, and he was a refugee for almost 10 years in a settlement camp. And finally, he came to the United States and he was brought to, the, to Washington, he was taken care of by Catholic Charities, and they assigned him to come to us. He was a gentleman who was in his early 60s. And, and he came literally two days before Advent came. And uh, the first thing that he said, I, I watched him when he came into our house. He did not know he was coming. And as he came to our house, the first thing that he saw as we brought him to the main entrance into the refectory, he came during the evening meal. And so the first thing I saw him, I saw him, he was looking uh, into, the, into the dining room and he saw a large uh, icon of Our Lady of Perpetual Help. And the first thing that happened is I saw his face because he was kind of nervous to see where he's gonna be taken. And when he saw the Blessed Mother, he smiled, and and so the conversation went. You know, the he realized it was you know a Christian place, and that he was taken. And then the the, the next thing that he did is he said, "Advent is coming," and he says, "I." And he was a Christian, Coptic Christian. So Christian, you know, from Egypt, Ethiopia. These are known as Coptic Christians, as we have Roman Catholics, but these are Coptics. And 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 so first thing he asked me, he says, "Advent is coming, and I'd like to do fasting." And and he says, "I I cannot." eat anything that comes from an animal, whether eggs or butter or meat. It has to be all veg vegetables until Christmas. And, and so all of a sudden we find ourselves because, you know, no, we're Americans, you know, so we eat everything. You know, Advent does not mean anything more to us except for land. Perhaps we're, we're keeping, you know, the meatless and, and fasting on, good fr on Fridays. But during Advent we don't. And so I had to arrange a way so that he may be able to live and eat during these next four weeks in preparation for the coming of Christ. But he surprised all of us by his request that he would like to follow the traditions of the Coptic Church to do fasting. And he did. He was very, very careful, and we obviously helped him. And I, I tried to coordinate his, his meals as much as, as I could. The second aspect of Advent, and this is the, you know, my final reflection, is that when I was young, uh, maybe five or six years old, maybe six, closer to six, uh, and I'm not too sure my dad used to go to daily Mass for Advent, not Lent, but Advent. 
and, and they used to have what is called mass, which was known as the Rorata Cheli, Rorata Divahim, let the, uh, let the heavens come down, the clouds come down, and bring the, the, uh, the Holy One, you know, bring Christ from heaven. And so this mass was at 6 a.m., and it was kind of, it was dark. It was only candles were lit, very beautiful, beautiful atmosphere. And my dad would take me. I'm not too sure why he chose me, because I like to serve. So even as a little kid, I would serve. But, but the fact is that, uh, that it was a beautiful ceremony. And I wonder, I remember sometimes it was very cold and there was you know, snow and, and you could hear, you know, uh, it was pretty, pretty cold at that time because you could hear the, you know, as you walk, the cracking of the under your feet. And so we walked to church and, and uh, it was very, something that, that stuck in my memory, in my mind, you know, the 6 a.m. mass during Advent with the candles, kind of church was dark, except the candles were lit and some light around the altar. The rest was pretty dark. A beautiful way to prepare ourselves for Advent. I mean, it's not the same as Lent. However, maybe the Lord is inviting us to do something special. Maybe do some extra fasting. Maybe attend mass more frequently. Maybe, uh, you know, offer the Eucharist. As you know, we are to be the offering together with Jesus to offer ourselves to the Father, to offer all the difficulties, the problems that we have, the troubles, the health issues, whatever it may be, maybe the, the pain that our nation experiences, or maybe offer it for them to war in Ukraine, whatever it may be, because we are also the offering. Every time we gather for Eucharist, we become the offering. We are united with Christ, who is the offering. And he's also the priest. And we likewise share in his priesthood. So we're both the offering as well as the priests, the priestly people that offer the offer, offers the offering. May, may we partake of this, this special season of Advent in preparation for the coming of the Lord, that we may come to know him more through prayer, perhaps fasting, but maybe even more through prayer you know, like praying the chaplet more frequently or the rosary or reading the readings the night before, even if one does not participate in mass, maybe redo the readings so that they'll speak loud and clear when we gather for the, for the celebration of, of the Eucharist, whether in person or, or through live streaming. So may the Lord then today, as we basically have begun this Advent season, that we may run to the Lord, that we may welcome him, that we may long for his coming, uh, you know, and sacramentally, spiritually, that he may be long for his coming during the second coming, when he will restore all justice, where his kingdom will man be manifest fully. And then in the process, as we draw near to him, that we may have that consolation and joy of knowing that he has given us the privilege, the great privilege of sharing his life. And as he is preparing us to share the joys in paradise for all eternity. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit 
micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content, which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit DivineMercyPlus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's DivineMercyPlus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily Masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.